This is a Rooster Teeth production. Are Ouija and spirit boards harmless parlor tricks or real tools that can speak to the dead or even demons? Welcome to 30 Morbid Minutes. This is the podcast where we take 30 minutes, give or take, to explore topics of a morbid, macabre, dark, and downright grisly nature. I'm Elise Willems. And I'm Jessica Vasami. And it can get a little bit heavy, so we'll sometimes have fun with it. And Jess has to be able to sleep at night. Yeah, so, God, I'm yeah. not prepared for this one. <laughs> but why don't you kick it off for us, Jess? Oh, God. Here we go. On March 6th, 1930, Miss Clotilde Marchand was found dead in her home in Buffalo, New York. Their murder weapon? A Ouija board. Hmm. Clotilde's husband was having an affair with another woman by the name of Lila Jimerson. Fearing that Clotilde was onto the affair, Jimerson reached out to Nancy Bowen, her friend, and used a Ouija board to convince her friend that Clotilde was a witch. And this was the cause of Bowen's husband's death and that she was next. Bowen, who didn't even know how to read, believed her friend and took supposed revenge on Marchand by pushing her down the stairs of her own home, leaving her body lifeless at the bottom of the stairs. Both women were eventually caught and pleaded guilty to manslaughter. Mm-mm-mm, the Ouija mm-hmm. board did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cut to 1995. A teen named Michael Eridge went to his friend Michael McCallum's house to play you guessed it, with a Ouija board. After the board spelled out the word kill, Eridge fled out of fear for his life. McCallum then chased Eridge down and eventually stabbed him to death. McCallum reportedly believed that Satan, through the board, was telling him to do so. There are countless murder cases documented over the last century in which a Ouija board, also known as a spirit board, has been a point of interest and in effect, part of a perpetrator's defense for murder. In some of these cases, the killer claims the Ouija or the spirits being communed with drove them to do it or took some kind of power or control over them. So today, Jessica, we Uh -uh. are going to exercise a demon. No. Yes, no. we are. Yes, we are, Jessica. <laughs> no, I wish this was being, I wish we had video on this because I'm just sitting here just like with my hand over my mouth, just Eating like. some yogurt. No, I'm just shaking my head. And I'm like, mm-mm. Well, you shake your episode. head, Jessica, because we are exercising this demon and we are talking about the history of the Ouija board. I don't like it- this. I will get ready because there's lots more. And we're talking about how this board evolved from a tool of spiritualists and mediums to a bright pink party toy. Oh, yeah. No, been 100% dreading this episode. I have personally have had some weird and creepy experiences with the Ouija board when I was younger, which, you know, as I'm talking about this, I feel like people that are listening probably think like I am some crazy ass person. Just got all these weird demon stories. What is wrong with her? And you know no. what? I'm just going to own it. You know, at this well, point. I love it, too, because I also played with the Ouija board as a kid, but we had very different experiences. Yeah, um, we sure did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I I wish I had uh, your experiences, but Elise, you tell me cuz I don't want to tell myself or anyone else, what is mm-hmm. the Ouija board? Well, a Ouija board is a flat board 
Um, it's about the size of like your standard tabletop board game, and it's printed with letters and numbers. It comes with a small heart-shaped plank that's called a planchette. And the planchette, it slides smoothly over the board, seemingly of its own volition. We'll get to that later. And it relays messages from the spirit world to the person controlling the planchette. And so the planchette moves only with a, with a human conduit. So this participant, you know, people lay their fingers on it and uh, they, you know, to, to be the, the, the vehicle through which the spirit communes. And its current manufacturer, which is Hasbro, they market the board solely as a game. The purpose of the board is to communicate with spirits by asking questions while lightly touching the planchette. The planchette is then supposedly moved around by the energy of the spirit given to it by those asking questions. That spirit can answer simply yes and no or spell out words using the alphabet written on the board itself. Mm -hmm. To our uh, fervent listeners, you might remember from our Death and Superstition in Victorian England episode that we talked briefly about the rise of spiritualism at the end of the 19th century. And spiritualism was a religious movement founded in the notion that the living could find ways to communicate and speak with the spirit world. And this whole movement in turn gave rise to mediums who claimed that they could forge a direct connection between the dead and the eager to pay living, which they did via seance. And mediums used a handful of methods to convey this and to demonstrate their abilities to speak with the dead. But before this, or in the absence of spirit boards, mediums kind of just used whatever they had available. And we've looked up some of these pictures and it's like, you know, just writing words on a table um, or letters on a table or a piece of paper. And then they would substitute items instead of a planchette. Like I think just for some of them, they would even use maybe like items that were personal to the deceased that they were trying to speak to. Yeah. Uh, which I think is kind of cool. It is. And I actually, when during the two years in high school that I was playing with the Ouija board a lot, I actually did this. Um, I went to Italy during uh, high school. I'm Italian and my dad wanted to take me and my sister back to, you know, our our roots and all of that. And, you know, we went to Rome and we went to the Forum and we uh, had dinner one night that was like next to the Forum. And uh, my dad was like, do you guys want to walk through? But at nighttime in the dark. And I'm just like, yes. Um, and what did I do? I took out things out of my purse. I took out a dime, a penny, and then I think like a Jolly Rancher. And the dime and the penny were yes or no. And the Jolly Rancher was, you know, acting as the plachant. And uh, I stood there. I made my sister do it with me because you do need two people. We'll get into that later. And I was just like, hey, any old Roman soldiers want to chat with me? Anybody there? It didn't work, but it is something I did. And I'm, I don't know if I'm proud of it. I don't know. That was a weird time for me. So can I ask that was how weird. <laughs> How many times? Well, two things. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, Elise. <laughs> I love you, Jessica Osami. And if I was going to make a biopic about you, 90% of this film would be about those two years of your life. <laughs> These two sordid years. And and two, second part, um, how many times would you say during this trip to Italy did you scream out, Demone? <laughs> How many times do you no, think? No, I did not say that at all. I okay. don't want any. I don't want any bad negative energy. I was just looking to talk some old past Roman soldiers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's. I think it's really cool that even at that time you thought like, oh, I should just use something and try to to do this, and like these the early spiritualists did. I think that's fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. 
But, you know, these makeshift methods didn't last for long because someone quickly decided that they could make money off Mm -hmm. of it and that someone was Elijah Bond, an American lawyer, inventor, and businessman from Baltimore, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this guy was just patenting everything, you know, when Mm -hmm. he wasn't fighting for the Confederacy, which uh, kind of a blemish on Mm -hmm. his legacy there. Um, He patented water and steam boilers But to this day, he's known more for the Ouija board than anything else. In 1891, he officially secured the right to manufacture and sell a board with the English alphabet printed on it and a planchette. In 2007, some Ouija enthusiasts, they paid to get him a new gravestone. Ah. I think he's buried in Baltimore. And Uh so they made him a gravestone where like on the front, you know, it has his name and it says, you know, date of birth and death. And then it says patentee of the Ouija board. And then on the back of the tombstone, it has the Ouija board. So like it's a, okay, it's a rectangular no. state. Yeah. Yeah. So no. if, like people probably go there and probably try to use his his Ouija board gravestone as a Ouija board. I bet. I can't even imagine, you know, my thoughts on the afterlife and everything is is very I, I'm still searching, as one would say. Um, I am very curious as what his afterlife is right now with that all over his gravestone and <laughs> taking that into the afterlife. Oh, man. Yeah. Why didn't they put the water boiler or whatever else he patented? Yeah, <laughs> the there you go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's like sitting in like a hot tub or something. Mm-hmm. It, it, which um, it's like he he is kind of, you know, he has that notoriety, but he he didn't hang on to that for long. Right, Jess? No, 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 no. Bond wasn't too smart in his business dealings as he eventually sold the U.S. distribution rights in full to the Kennard Novelty Company, the owners of which Charles W. Kennard and William H. A. Maupin were also listed as assignees to the original patent itself. But things got messy from here and Kennard was fully removed from his own company later in 1891 and would be replaced by one of the Kennard Novelty Company employees, William Fold, who worked his way up from a wood varnisher to head the company. Full to charge of the marketing and production of Bond's board and planchette combo. Fold eventually changed the company's name partnered with his brother, focused the company's resources into novelty games, got into a fight with his brother, changed the company's name again. It's a tale as old as time. I know. We've all seen it. You know, it reminds me of when Mufasa changed the name of the pride before Scar killed him. It's all there. You look close enough in The Lion King, which I used (laughs) to think was based on Hamlet. But now I'm thinking it might be the events of the Ouija board story. It's all making sense now, Elise. <laughs> Mufasa. <Ooh. laughs> those those hyenas. Again. Yeah, Mufasa. Those hyenas were playing with that Ouija board. They were. They were. Mm-hmm. But speaking of names, though, Fold came up with the Ouija name. Well, well, kind of, sort of. Yeah. He claims the board named itself, actually. Sure. One night. I know. One night. Well, hey, I don't know. You know where I stand. <laughs> who, who knows? Oh, wow. Um, but one night, while alongside Bond and Bond's sister-in-law, a medium by the name of Helen Peters, the group asked the board what they should call it. The planchette then moved to the letters O-U-I-J-A, which the board then told them meant good luck. Fold also said the name was ancient Egyptian in origin. Hmm, there's a lot of explanation happening there <laughs> for yeah. the, this. I It might be a little overcompensating. What if the, the planchette, like they were looking at it wrong or it just wasn't moving enough and the, it was like, name it Carl. <laughs> Call it Carl. <laughs> and we don't yes. know. Yes. Um, but fun fact, the boarding house in which the 
trio there, first name the Ouija, is now a 7-Eleven. And it actually has a plaque on the wall commemorating it. <laughs> oh, fun. Just what I want. A Slurpee and a potential possession. <laughs> what's, uh, what's in that Slurpee? Yeah. I know. Yeah. But there's one more thing we have to mention about William Fold, right, Elise? Mm-hmm. And sorry, Jess, I know you're not going to like this stuff. No. Um, almost as if willed by the board itself, William Fold's death was wrapped in mystery. So after earning over $1 million in revenue from selling the board, which today would be about $33 million, Fold eventually died in early 1927. And the report goes that he was up on the roof of his building supervising the replacement of a flagpole. And he was standing near the edge of the roof grasping an iron support of the pole to sturdy himself. And this is what the workman told the Baltimore Sun. When the support suddenly pulled away and he toppled over backward and, and to, to try to stop this from happening, he grabbed onto an open window that slammed quickly onto his hands, which caused him to, you know, let go and plummet to the sidewalk. So he's all broken and battered and bruised, but not dead, oh lying God. on the sidewalk. And then they rushed him to the hospital where he was expected to make a full recovery. However, on the way to the hospital, the car he was in hit a bump which shifted one of his newly broken bones directly through his heart and killed him instantly. What the fuck? This could happen to anyone, Jessica. <laughs> this is this could be that, any of us. That is insane. You know, I could walk out the door after recording this podcast and Don't say that. Well, we no. I've I've you know, hey, you know, we all had our two years in high school where we did some shit. Don't make <laughs> fun of me. And it's going to come oh. back to <laughs> It's going to come back to us. That's an insane story. And yes, you're right. There's some mystery around that for sure. Yeah, it is a very morbid and gruesome end for someone that's so intrinsically tied to an occult object. Yes. No, it is. But Mm -hmm. um, with that much sordid history around the Ouija board, it wasn't until 1966 when Parker Bros acquired the manufacturing rights to it, where we saw the biggest boom for the soon-to-be-called toy. You know, they're calling it a toy now. So by 1967, the Ouija board would begin to outsell Monopoly for a period of time. Yeah, and, like, I believe it because, you know, the 60s were a very fluid time, free love, Mm -hmm. experimentation. So I can totally see how the Ouija board during this time would be appropriated and taken and and used. Let's just try it. Mm-hmm. And people are trying new things. And yeah. So if you think about it, both the Ouija board and Monopoly are known for summoning the devil, one through competitive <laughs> capitalism. Uh, <laughs> so, so there's a distinct market crossover there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once it became popular, though, it was only a matter of time before it started showing up in countless movies, most notably and arguably the reason it grew even more popular was its inclusion in the 1973's The Exorcist. And I just want to say something real quick. Um, (laughs) You know, when when we and Elise do these um, episodes, we have um, kind of like notes and whatnot and bullet points and everything that we want to make sure that we hit when we're talking about this. And Elise highlighted the 1973 Exorcist and then put the actual YouTube link to the part of the movie where the Ouija board is in there. It's like as if I need to see that, as if I'm not already familiar with it, as if I need to watch that scene again when I do not in any way, shape or form. And so I just commented back to her saying, um, no to her. 
I don't yeah. need to watch that scene again, Elise. Which I am very familiar with it. We'll have a callback to Jessica's notes later. Um, <laughs> but two things, two things, Jessica, it is our responsibility to inform our listeners to our best ability. And, right. um, and also that's, it's a pretty tame scene if I'm, if you know, yeah, but I can talk about it now because Exorcist is one of my faves. So I know. Uh, in the film, Reagan, who is, you know, a, a young uh, preteen girl, she is playing with the Ouija board alongside her mother. And obviously she we all know Reagan gets possessed by a, a demon, um, mm-hmm. Pazuzu in The Exorcist, the king of the demons. And it's a it's a I guess a demon technique that if you want to try to endear yourself to a child, you would do this in a fairly innocent seeming way. So when when Pazuzu first presents itself to Reagan, it's as this this character, Captain Howdy, who when she she starts playing around with this Ouija board that her mother has in the basement. And then her mother says, well, who, who are you talking to with that? And Reagan says, Captain Howdy. And it's and it's creepier, I think, that mm-hmm. the demon would assume this identity knowing, oh, this is how I could get close to a a child. Oh, yeah. I Mm -hmm. hate that stuff. I hate it. I've seen it like in all of all the horror movies and uh, conjuring paranormal. Like I just mm -mm, no. Mm -hmm. I just need a palate cleanser to get my mind off the exorcist. So let's hear a word from our sponsors. Today's episode of 30 Morbid Minutes is brought to you by BetterHelp. We talk a lot about some very dark and morbid things on this podcast, but when you need to talk about the difficult things in your life, that's where BetterHelp comes in. Whew, yeah, life is full of stress, changes, grief, and lots of twists and turns that may have us struggling to understand or deal with them on our own. I for sure can attest to that. BetterHelp Online Therapy is here to help in those moments of assessing your needs and matching you with a licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp isn't a crisis or self-help line. It's professional therapy done securely online, and it's available worldwide. You can also log into your account at any time to send your therapist a message. That means you can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to sit in those awkward waiting rooms like traditional therapy. Ah, yes. BetterHelp is designed to facilitate great therapeutic matches and makes it free and easy to change therapists if needed. It's the best way to invest more into your own well-being because, let's be honest, you deserve some inner peace. User reviews have given BetterHelp glowing ratings like, I got more out of my first session in a month than at a traditional therapist office, and my therapist is full of wisdom and listens to what I have to say, making me feel cared about. Hey, I go to therapy. I know, Elise, you've gone to therapy too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, you want to feel cared about. Yeah. I 100% support it. And I think all people should go to just, even if there's nothing wrong, just go and just talk. Yeah. And, you know, there's, it's good for you. It's good for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Go to betterhelp.com slash 30mm. That's better. H-E-L-P, and join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Mm -hmm. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Yes. Special offer for 30 Morbid Minutes listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash 30mm. That's betterhelp.com slash 30mm. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. I'm from Canada and we learn French all throughout our childhoods and into high school. But if you don't use it, you lose it. Jess. That's true. But now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that's sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language, or in my case, brush up on a language that you know. There you go. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with your family, or just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go, And while other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, Babbel lessons are created by over 100 language experts. So real people. This is the part that I need. Babbel's teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective, and you can choose from 14 different languages to learn from, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. But what about accents, Jessica? (gasps) Oh my God, I love this. I love it. I'm so excited. (laughs) No worries, because Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and your accent too. Yes, there are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. It comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey with Babbel right now and save up to 60% off with your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash 30mm. Man, now because of this, I'm just going to book a trip to Italy and I'm just going to learn how to speak it. That's babbel.com slash 30mm for 60% off your subscription, Babbel Languages for Life. Mm-hmm. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 30 mm. Well, now back to the show. As we were discussing before, the Ouija board started taking Hollywood by storm. It's its use in the the Ouija board's use in the exorcist was absolutely just the beginning. Mm-hmm. More recently, we've seen it being used, you know, in paranormal activity, the conjuring universe franchises, as well as creating its own horror film series simply titled Ouija, mm-hmm. which yep. I, I actually haven't seen, like surprisingly haven't seen. Well, I haven't seen it. Like, I've seen Paranormal Activity and The Conjuring. Oh, I love, love oh, The I Conjuring. Know. The Cuckoo. Oh, I know yeah. you do. And and I I think it was after Paranormal Activity where I was like, I need to stop this because <laughs> it was really screwing with my head. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just, which is why I haven't seen Ouija. I'm just like, I can't mm-hmm. anymore. Coming off the, the hotness that was The Exorcist and in the 70s and the 80s, um, the Ouija board became this this hit toy and starting in the 80s, we you start seeing these commercials that are coming up for the board. And any notion of this being a spiritualist tool has been abandoned. And now it's purely a toy for kids. Mm-hmm. And call back here again. I put a link here to a commercial from 1990 or something for Jess to check out. And she replied to my comment and just wrote, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, no, thanks. That's okay. Yeah. Like I, I, I watched it and yeah, it is. You should, I mean, those listening, like definitely go up and look up like, you know, yeah, nineties commercials. commercial. Yeah. Because it's bonkers. It's, it's literally, like you said, it takes out any sort of like spiritual connection oh, out of it. It is just a toy. It kind of reduces it to a magic eight ball sort of thing. Yeah. You know, where it's perfect. Yep. The commercial has kids saying, well, I make the softball team. Yes. Yes. No. yes. Yeah. It's it's fun. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
Eventually, Hasbro uh, acquired Parker Brothers around 1991 and acquired the rights to the Ouija board. And in the late 2000s, started a whole new branding for the board with bright pink coloring marketed towards young girls, which uh, went about as poorly as you could imagine. (laughs) The Ouija board sort of escaped the satanic panic of the 80s, but definitely it becomes part of a culture war in the in the, you know, mid to to 2000 teens. And the, the idea that little girls could potentially corrupt their souls. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a spiritual, you know, demon demons feast sort of thing. I think it's kind of funny because I do think that you have essentially removed any anything that could be creepy or scary about this board. It's it's pot pink and it's got bubble letters on it. <laughs> like it very to me, it's very, very much a, a party favor party trick at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Elise, mm-hmm. are demons real? Demones, as you would say uh, in the Italian villa. Mm. <laughs> I <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I don't want to say no, because I do think there is a lot sight unseen out there in terms of our world and the other planes that who am I to say whether it's real or not. Mm-hmm. But I would say in the case of the Ouija board, it is probably not a product of demonic possession, but a psychological phenomenon called the ideometer effect. Oh, thank God. <laughs> this is what I should have just started the episode with this. Um, <laughs> and this all comes down to these unconscious movements that a person doesn't even realize they're doing. So it's this involuntary physical movement. Like, do you ever have that feeling where you kind of experience this like little blip of a sp- body spasm or something or your arm spasms? Mm-hmm. That's yep. kind of an example we can relate to of your brain signaling to your body to to do a movement without really your true awareness. Mm-hmm. It's these like little reflexive movements that they're so indiscernible that you don't even notice them. Mm-hmm. And tests with blindfolded Ouija participants, they tend to yield more incoherent results because there's this idea that, you know, you are subconsciously when you're controlling the Ouija planchette, it's the ideometer effect that's taking over it's your brain telling you to to make those micro movements and you don't even know that you're doing it. And uh, there's another test that is often used to, to demonstrate this effect. And you hang like a small weight or a ring or something from a string and then you hold it with your arm completely still in front of you so it hangs freely. And the weight will start to move clockwise or counterclockwise in these small circles. And don't move it yourself, but instead just like ask yourself a question and tell yourself, well, if I say yes to this answer, the weight will swing clockwise. And if I say no, it will move counterclockwise. And then you hold that thought in your mind and the weight will apparently start to swing in the answer related to your question. My question to you, Jess, is like this ideometer effect. Do you, does it kind of, you know, numb your concerns about the Ouija board and demonic possession or like, do you buy this at all? Or do you still kind of feel like it could be something supernatural? I definitely think some instances are absolutely this effect. And then some, I do think there's just been way too many weird things that have happened uh, around the Ouija board and different experiences with myself. And then also that you've just heard around the world that kind of just make you want to take a, take a second look, you know? Um, so I'm not 100% convinced, but I do think that some of the experiences that I went through um, during those crazy two years in high school were some of the um, 
idometer effect for sure mm-hmm. and then others just being like oh that was weird i don't want to do that again so I, yeah i i personally think that if a demon was going to do something i don't think they need a ouija board to do it or that communicate is, it that is very true 100 percent. i think so too i think that it'll they, i mean they could fuck with you in the ouija board way and be like haha you were asking for this and another mm-hmm. way of just like they're just a demon and they do whatever they want so yep yeah. Or they're just not real in general. Who knows? What is what is the meaning of life in any of this? It's all social let's constructs. Get, let's, get, let's get into that now. Next, yeah. next episode. Yeah, the next episode we break down in 30 minutes the meaning of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well it's it is the it's the moment of truth now though, Jess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do do we want to walk through how someone uses the Ouija board? Of course we do, because we're gonna need to know how when we use it together that's when are we going to use it together i don't know we'll find we'll find a time all right we'll find a time is this foreshadowing who knows it could be okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so some rules uh these are the main rules i'm sure everybody you know these are kind of like the how do i say this the more universal rules and i know that others might have their own oh yeah First one, do not use it alone. It's supposedly by having more people, it makes it harder for a single person to become susceptible to whatever spirit may come forth. So I've always used it, at least with one other person. Um, I've tried to use it alone, and I feel like there were a few times where it moved a little bit, but it's always moved 100% whenever there was somebody else. Mm -hmm. Don't know the reasoning for that, you know. Also, you need to use it in a dark and quiet place. It's harder to hear ghosts while you're listening to a podcast or watching a movie. So, yeah, so make sure you finish the episode first before you you <laughs> play with your Ouija board. It, I guess, at, it, the, you know, atmosphere is key. Sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there does need to be a level of, like, focus involved. Um, don't use it in a graveyard. This one seems to me, like, pretty obvious. Um, have you ever tried having a one-on-one conversation with somebody while in the middle of a group Discord call or at a concert convention? It's impossible. This rule is basically that for somebody recently deceased. I also just don't want to go to a graveyard and use it anyway, just because it's just, that's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you would increase your odds, though, <laughs> right? That is true. That is true. I'll tell you guys a story after we finish these rules. Okay. Um, in regards to increasing your odds. <laughs> nice. Um, only one person should ask the questions. And this is just, for, again, for focus, to make things simple for the spirits. Imagine being told eight different things at once. Make sure that you present your questions, funnel it through one person in a very focused way. Mm-hmm. Always say hello and goodbye, which if you see a Ouija board, it, there's the hello and the goodbye on there. You need to be polite upon greeting whatever it is on the other side. And more importantly, if you don't close the connection, anything could leak through. Miss Jessica, we have to close the co- the connection. Yes, it needs to be closed every <laughs> single time. No room for error. We need to exercise a demon. Uh, you can oh. ask anything, but don't forget the board can also say anything in response. And it doesn't mean it's telling the truth. It just means you're getting an answer. So don't believe everything a Ouija board tells you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There are some additional rules that are less rules and more guidelines, such as assigning someone to write down the responses, never burn the board. I mean, have you guys seen Paranormal Activity? Never leave the planchette on the board after you're done. Never let the board count down the numbers, alphabet, and order. Never ask when you or someone will die. (laughs) 
Do you want to know that? Never use it when you are sick, weak, or tired. And if the spirit appears to be evil, flip the planchet over and use it in that way instead. <sighs> so much to remember. It, there's a, it's a lot. And then as I read this, it's so funny because it, it sounds so silly now. Um, but then when I was using it back then, it, it felt so real. Who knows if it was real or not? I'm not sure, but... Um, tell me, so tell us your story. There's so many and I keep going back and forth on which one to, um, to tell, but this one in regards to, we're talking about the graveyard stuff, you know, limiting it to like maybe one person. I, um, was playing it once in high school with my little brother. I just put something on the TV even even this has no TV, but something to distract him merely because I needed, you know, his, I, I needed another person. So he's like watching something on the TV and I'm over here just like asking deep, meaningful questions. And, um, I started talking to this boy named Sam. He's 10 years old. Apparently he died in like 1890 and he would come to the board a lot. And the way that he would move around the board was very, very soft and slow and very calming and yet peaceful. And we would talk a lot. He came all the time. And um, he told me that he was one of the ghosts attached to me. Apparently in the world of all of this, you know, there's, there might be certain spirits just attached to you. I don't know if this is real or not, but he said that he was attached to me. And uh, would always come through on the board. And I knew it was him just because of the way he moved on the board. There were some times, though, that I would get someone else on the board because of the way they moved. Again, it was, for instance, Ralph. His name was Ralph. He would come to the board and he would be super, super fast in uh, rigid, like super like, er, 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 all over the board. And I'd be like, Ralph, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to Sam. And Ralph would spell out fun as in like he thinks this is fun. I'm like, okay, Ralph. He was like a little trickster. I don't know. I didn't get any like weird evil vibes from him, but he was just something else. And I was like, how many of you are there? Like who's coming through? And it's in it spelled out 75. I was like, there's 75 of you in this house right now. And it said, yes. I was like, what are y'all doing in here? I, I don't, I don't know, but that's what it said. Every time I would go to the board and ask these questions, it was 75 and there was Sam and Ralph. Those were the two that I mainly talked to. Um, and I would always know, sometimes Ralph would come in and say, it is me, Sam. And I'm like, I know it's not Sam because of the way you're moving across the board with his very fast and rigid ways of using the planchette. So um, that's not a scary story. I have There's so many. I don't know when I should tell them, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> so a couple things. I love that you're catching these spirits and lies. Like, <laughs> like, I know it's not you. I know it's not you. <laughs> Ralph, Sam, Ralph. Um, and, yes. And, and did you feel comfortable in your house after like them saying there's 75 of us here? So for the most part, I think yes and no. There were definitely nights where I'm like, I'm fine. And then definitely nights where I'm like, this is this is weird, you know, and again, like bringing it back to the sleep paralysis episode, you know, a lot of my sleep paralysis did happen in these in these years, but also a lot of other stuff was happening. Like my parents were in the middle of a divorce. I was at the peak of high school where everything sucked and I was getting bullied, you know, so that there's a lot of stress and anxiety attached to that. And then on top of that, I'm just over here playing with the Ouija board and opening up these weird portals somewhere. Uh, so <laughs> there's a lot going on. So I'm not really sure, um, you know, there were nights I slept well and nights I didn't. Nights I felt comfortable and nights I did not. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
But there was there was only one time I had a very scary instance. All the other times that were in my personal house um, were fine. Nothing weird or crazy. I I definitely played with the Ouija board at sleepovers, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And my memory is just people asking uncomfortable questions. <laughs> like, who's going to kiss me yes. or something? It was very much like the commercial. <laughs> you know, oh. it was the 90s. And uh, did yeah. it ever work for you guys? No, no one kissed anyone. Well, <laughs> no, oh my God. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jess, I hope that this episode, rather than, you know, making you feel fearful or anything, maybe just kind of quashed any of that anxiety you have about the Ouija board because it ex- explains it to some extent. It does. It absolutely. There is just still this huge part of me that's just like, nah, I'm just not going to mess with that. And I think it is what you make of it. So I think people that are playing with the Ouija board and think it's silly and stupid and a toy when they go play with it. No, it's not going to work. You have completely closed yourself off to any sort of like spiritualism in any shape or form. Mm -hmm. But if you are there and you're like opening yourself up to it and you're focused and really wanting to listen and hear, maybe something will happen. But that's like anything. You know what I mean? I personally, and I'm sure we'll get to this if we ever talk about our theories on life after death or the afterlife. I personally think matter cannot be created nor destroyed. So energy, Mm -hmm. matter, it has to go exist somewhere. Mm -hmm. Everything you're kind of talking about harkens back to the notion of cultural priming, which we talked about in our sleep paralysis episode, that if you are open-minded and you have any pre-existing beliefs or stigmas, you might be, if you're religious, you might be more predisposed to accept the idea that that yes there is a spirit controlling this Ouija board that exists this was a very fun episode um you know the subject matter is heavy but not so heavy that we can't joke about it a little bit yeah yeah absolutely there's a lot more reading you can do about these Mm -hmm. boards too and you know online at your local library we've barely touched you know the surface uh or the barrier to the beyond I know. <laughs> and and I think we would love to hear your stories and experiences with the Ouija board, but not like this. Don't scare Jessica. Everyone's been so great so far that has been tweeting yes. at us and listening. And we really love and appreciate all of you for all the the dedication and to love you've given to us in the show. So thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's been a joy to even talk about these things. And when talking about all these different subjects, there does require I feel a little bit of vulnerability um, Mm -hmm. because these are deep and sensitive subjects, you know, unexplained Um, and uncertain mm -hmm. subjects. Yeah. Some, some ways. So, yeah. So, you know, stick with us and it it does help to keep an open mind with all of this as well. um, Even if it might be uncomfortable to talk about. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much to everyone that has rated and left us written reviews on podcast platforms means so much and mm-hmm. it matters so much in terms of us getting a second season and making more episodes and we really like doing the show so thank you yes and i think at this point we can say that say this is that in the rooster teeth store we have some merch mm-hmm. uh if, if you want to go grab some hopefully i've already posted a picture of myself on one of them looking cute but uh yeah go check it out rooster teeth store yep it's store.roosterteeth.com We'll probably link it in one of the descriptions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Jess, someday I hope we get to pull out the old board together. <laughs> I hope so, too. I hope this is some foreshadowing for potentially what's to come. Mm-hmm. Until then, to that I say, demone. Mm-hmm.
No. Demone. Stop it. <laughs> Demone.